People have gathered around ideas since the beginning of time. Each successful collaboration pushing innovation forward, building a stronger future. Motorists Insurance Group and Brick Street Insurance have combined decades of experience to create an even better one-stop shop for agents and policyholders. Encircling businesses and individuals with coverage at every step in life's journey. We are now in Cova Insurance. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store Clearance. Welcome everyone to episode 251 of the NBA podcast. I'm Brian Toporic, and today, since we power ranked the Western Conference last time with Bleacher Report's Howard Beck, today we're going to turn our attention to the East, where things have also changed a lot over the past couple weeks. Before we get underway, a reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handles, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes and wherever else podcasts are found. On iTunes, please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. That would really help us out. And we're now being hosted on Spreaker, so check them out on Twitter at Spreaker. Joining me today, as always, is my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort? Brian, it is going so well. Last night, and I know you saw it too, a tweet popped up saying that Greg Popovich... Yes. has hired Tim Duncan as an assistant coach with the Spurs. And suddenly, the world made sense again. <laughs> I just loved Pop's quote about it, where he was... Yeah. Where, I forget the exact wording, but he basically said, like, well, I was Timmy's assistant for 19 years, so it's mm-hmm. only right that he returns the favor. Yeah. <laughs> so, good luck, Tim Duncan, being an assistant coach for the next 19 seasons. Right. Yeah, I think Pop's just going to farm him out for the sideline interviews. That's oh, the only that role would... he's going to have. Yeah. That yeah. would be tremendous, actually. <laughs> like, just imagine, like, he's standing there, they're about to go to him, and he just calls Timmy over and goes, Go. And then she goes back to the bench. I would love that. Yep. You do this. All in. Yeah. All in. Yeah. No, I'm very excited to have Tim Duncan back at the league in some capacity. That is great news. So we're, today we're going to talk about the Eastern Conference and trying to make sense of kind of who stacks up where after, again, one of the wildest off seasons in recent memory, if not ever. Um, I think it's, it's pretty clear... There, it's a two-team race at the top, right? It's Milwaukee Correct. and Philly in some order. And then from there, there's a gap between those two teams and the rest of the East. So how do you stack those two teams up to against each other? I, I don't, because Ooh. that would be me pursuing way too much. Interesting. Um, yeah, look, we have no idea how Al Horford is going to incorporate himself onto the Sixers. I imagine that their offensive actions are going to be very very uh different than, than last year's mm-hmm. with jimmy butler being there and and just you know being a pick and roll player here you have al horford who's going to be a triple handoff guy creating a lot of you know passing angles and, and shots opportunities from the elbow area um it, it's just going to be a different type of offense i imagine and no jt reddick as well mm-hmm. so i don't really know 
what this Sixers t- is team is going to be. Yeah. Uh, Milwaukee's probably going to be more of the same, I imagine. I mean, they did lose Malcolm Brockton, but they got Wes Matthews. They got Kyle Korver now. And, you know, the Lopez twins are there. Another onto the Kumbo is there. So it's it's interesting. They they I don't want to say they retooled. They reshuffled their decks just a little bit, but mm-hmm. but the main core of the team is still together, so I'm expecting more of the same. But the Sixers the talent level is right up there with the Bucks. It might the raw talent level might even be a little bit higher. So it's just a matter of how do they you know flesh it out on the court? Like what do they end up doing offensively? That improves upon what they did last year. Also, Tobias Harris, man. I mean, he did not have the role in Philly after the trade that I think he will have this yeah. year. Yep. So that's another component. So I, I'm not stacking them up against each other yet uh, because there are just too many unknown variables for Philly at this point. Have a take, you coward. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if the cowards start shooting... No, no. Um <laughs> Hey, you see that video today? He is shooting I, jumpers. I did. I nice. did. So you know what? I mean, that it would be nice to pivot on to like having a Ben Simmons discussion because Philly Twitter has been oh, flamethrowing everyone recently. I on mean, yeah. everyone who's, who has a bad opinion about Ben Simmons is a dumbass. Like, <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, but but no, his year three slash year four improvement is is going to be so crucial for the progress of the Sixers. And not just in terms of, like, his jump shot, right? It's it's about his the feel of his game and mm-hmm. where he is as a basketball player. Like, he's, what, 23 now? Uh, I think he's still 22, I Tw- want to say. 22? Okay. So, but he's still, like, he's got some years under him now. Yeah. Like, he's there's no longer this kind of newness approach to the game. Right. Like, he's fully-fledged deep into the league. He's accustomed to the entire culture like this is going to be his very active season. I'm just expecting to him to come out and and just run the damn league in in some sense. I mean, he may not shoot, but the dude could do literally everything else. Yeah, and I actually stand corrected. He turned 23 three days ago. Okay. So, well, happy, happy belated yeah. birthday, Ben. Yeah. Well, um, close enough. Yeah. Yeah. So where I stand here is I think Milwaukee is clearly the favorite to be the best regular season team. I just think the continuity, yes, losing Brogdon hurts. I, Nico is not. That's whatever. And same with Tony Snell. Like, I, I don't think those are gigantic losses when you, you know, you still have Giannis, you still have Chris Middleton, you still have Brooke Lopez, you still have Eric Bledsoe. You have four-fifths of your starting lineup in place. You did lose right. some talent with Brogdon, but, like, they, they did bring in, I mean, Wes Matthews will at least step in and fill a similar role there. Um well, I mean, yeah, at least shooting-wise, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, he's not so, going to be, like, the secondary ball handler. Right. So I think just from a continuity standpoint, Milwaukee has the advantage over Philly, whereas Philly's going to, again, for the third time or fourth time in 12 months, has an entirely new team to adjust to. Yeah. Um, Tobias Harris did just drop out of Team USA, which he said is to go – prepare for this upcoming season and adjust to his new teammates so i don't know whether that means you know there's already been a video of him working out with ben in la i don't know if like the sixers are convening for an unofficial training camp before training camp starts or whatever um but i I just think there's it's going to take them some time to get used to one another that said i mean 
the big concern with them, of course, is shooting, as it has been forever. Um, they did, I think, with the Horford and the Kylo Quinn moves, they gave themselves insurance for Embiid, which was one of their biggest issues last year. They were an elite you know, championship caliber team when Joel Embiid was on the floor, and then they got blown out pretty much any time Embiid was on the bench or sat out, especially toward the end of the regular season. Having Horford there as a backup five or on nights where Embiid gets either rested or he's injured, having him as a potential starting option should at least give them a higher floor than they had this past year where if Embiid wasn't playing, you almost chalked it up as an L and just moved on to the next game. And O'Quinn too. I mean, he's a a great third string guy to just to have – as insurance, and then for a nice where Embiid doesn't play, a Horford O'Quinn combination at center is great. Um, so I think it's hard to say that the Sixers' ceiling is higher than the Bucks. I do think the size advantage they have really just against any team. I mean, they're going to start no one shorter than six six at Josh Richardson, and there are questions of do they have enough shooting on the floor, especially if Ben doesn't take jumpers. Um, but I think. You know, I I would hope that Richardson and Tobias, because they are in, they are no longer going to be the number one options on their respective teams. You'll see them t- take a varied approach to, they're not necessarily going to have as many pull-up jumpers where they were less efficient. In theory, they should have more catch-and-shoot jumpers because you can get driving kicks out of Ben. You can, whenever Embiid's double-teamed in the post, He's actually improved as a passer. Horford's a great passer as well. Those guys are really going to need to be the three-point shooters, at least in the starting five, and then Horford too. But the Sixers just are going to have a lot of time where they need to figure this out before the playoffs. And I think Brett Brown will probably experiment with a lot of different rotations during the regular season. So if I'm picking a team in the East to win the regular season, it's Milwaukee. I, I don't know yet about who I would pick in the playoffs, but I do think, you know, at least on paper, assuming everyone stays healthy for both of these teams, you should expect to see Bucks, Sixers, Eastern Conference Finals this year. Yeah, that's where I land too. And, you know, people may be wondering why we didn't bring up Brooklyn in this, but that's solely because Kevin Durant is expected to miss the entire season. Right. I mean yeah. that Achilles injury is is death. Had that not been a case and had he been fully healthy like, Brooklyn would have been the third team in our discussion here. Yeah, I mean, I think you can make an argument that come 2020-2021, Brooklyn might be atop the the Eastern Conference. We, I, You know, assuming Durant shows not much, if any, decline from the Achilles injury, we'll see what he looks like. But, yeah, I mean, they have a lot of talent, too. It's just, yes, without Kevin Durant, they, I think they are that next tier down. You know you're loaded with Jared, when Jared Allen plays Summer League. <laughs> right, exactly. Yep. People have gathered around ideas since the beginning of time. Each successful collaboration pushing innovation forward. Building a stronger future. Motorists Insurance Group and Brick Street Insurance have combined decades of experience to create an even better one-stop shop for agents and policyholders. Encircling businesses and individuals with coverage at every step in life's journey. We are now in Cova Insurance.
Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clear. So let's get into that next year, Mort. I think for these next four teams, for me, I don't have a strong feeling as to how to rank them necessarily. Like, tentatively, I have it Brooklyn, Toronto, Indiana, Boston. But I wouldn't be surprised if it shook out in any order, really. Right. How, How do you have it? Well, I mean, I don't have it in that sense. I, I, I haven't ranked them, but I think those teams are in the next tier mm-hmm. uh, in, in whatever capacity that might be or what order. Indiana is the one team that I've talked up before. Yeah, I think they could be a surprise team depending on when Victor Depot comes back and how healthy he looks. Right. Because I, I do believe that their addition of, of Jeremy Lamb and Malcolm Brockton, especially in an era where, where wing play is so crucial as it is, is going to make them a very, very potent offensive team. And the fact that they were strong defensively as it is, um, you know, they might take a small hit on that, but they might not as well. So right. they could be one of those teams that could sneak into that upper tier category. Yeah. If they don't, I'm not surprised. But if they do, I'm also not surprised. It's it's one of those teams that I, I'm not going to be disappointed either way. Um, I, I just, I, I'm intrigued to see what they can do. The mm-hmm. Raptors, the Raptors is kind of my swing team of that group. Yep. Like they could still fight for like theoretically the 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 third or fourth spot. For sure. Or or they could fall out of the damn playoff picture if right. they decide to blow it up at the deadline. Yeah. So I actually just wrote about the Raptors today at uh, the Basketball Writers and kind of went into that decision where yes, they have Kyle Lowry, Serge Ibaka, Marcus All, all Ibaka will be 30 once the season starts. Lowry's 33, Gasol's 34. All three are on expiring contracts. You have to assume all three are not part of the team's long-term plans, despite you know that, <laughs> what just happened. Of course, they just won a title. That's great. But right now, now that Leonard left, you have to assume they're going to start kind of retooling around Pascal Siakam, OG Ananubi, um, Fred Van Vliet, who's also a free agent after this season, but I, I would think he more factors into the long-term plans than Lowry does. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think they're in any hurry to trade those guys now. I think, especially after Leonard leaves, I, I think there is a sentimental value to letting those guys start the season in Toronto, giving them kind of the victory lap, the, you know, the, the championship parade victory lap where they can go into ring night and celebrate that in Toronto, which will be great. But yeah, I mean, that that's the question. Come December 15th or come January 15th, I think the Raptors, if they stood pat and just kept this roster together, they'll sleepwalk into the playoffs just because the rest of the East, after these top six teams, none of them strike me as that. I don't know. I don't see a, like a surprise 51 season coming out of the Orlando Magic. So, (laughs) right. So like, I think the Raptors, they were a 58 win team, I believe. And Kawhi Leonard only played 60 games last season. I think they will get along fine 
even without him. But yeah, their ceiling is lower. And then, you know, if you're assuming these guys are not part of your long-term plans, what do you do with the trade deadline? Yeah. I mean, with them having so short a contract left, like one-year contracts left, I mean, what kind of value are you realistically getting for not even half a year rental? Well, I mean, Tobias Harris got Landry Shamit and two first-round picks for the same deal. I I think what's working in their favor is they have bird rights on all three guys. So for teams that – here's what I think – a couple things actually work in their favor. Mm -hmm. They have the bird rights. So teams that aren't going to have cap space in 2020 can look at it as like a pre-free agency signing because they can go over the cap to re-sign them. The 2020 free agent class sucks. So maybe this is a team looking ahead and saying, you know, we don't want to overspend on Andre Drummond or Draymond Green or whatever. So we'll we'll go pick up one of these guys at the deadline instead. And also the fact that there is no super end stage boss Golden State Warriors sitting out there. A lot of teams are going to talk themselves into being legit championship contenders so maybe some team talks themselves into well hey mark gasol was the difference making piece or one of the difference making pieces in toronto last year if the, if the raptors don't trade for mark gasol they don't win the title last year can he do that for us can kyle lowry are, are we a team without an established veteran all-star point guard if we bring him in can he put push, push us over the top what about Serge Ibaka? I think he's probably the cheapest of the three. You know, I, I floated this the other day on Twitter about Portland. Like Portland's yeah. been mentioned as a Blake, Blake Griffin and a Kevin Love. Ibaka's going to be cheaper than both of those guys. Yep. And he's going to fit that team better, theoretically. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, if nothing else, he's a good two-way player. He's on an expiring contract, so you don't have to necessarily, if you're a Portland, for instance, you don't have to commit to four years of Kevin Love where – you know, luxury tax concerns will be significant. It's one year's worth of salary, which whatever. You give up like Ken no. Bazemore and a pick, call it a day. So I, I do think there will be value there to be had for the Raptors at the deadline. And, and I think, you know, knowing Masai, I think he will probably realize, I think Lowry's the trickiest one where maybe he just lets it ride out. But for Ibaka and Gasol, I mean, What's better, letting them walk for nothing or even flipping them for, like, a protected first-round pick or a pair of second-round picks? I think I'd rather do that, and who gives a damn about a playoff berth if you're, you know, if you if you don't have championship upside, okay? You'll win a couple games, get a little bit more in playoff revenue, but does that really help your long-term outlook more than getting assets for these players who you aren't planning on re-signing anyway? No, I mean, that's what I agree with you in, yeah. in that sense. I, I think they should be traded if that's the route that they're gonna, the Raptors going to take. My question is, or rather my concern is, I don't think they're going to get necessarily as much back. Like Marcus All is going to be uh, 35 in, in late January. So, right. I mean, yeah, you can look at it as a way of getting free agents early by just trading for them and keeping their bird rights. But how many teams would be very... Uh, interested in, in re-signing a 35-year-old Marcus All at that point. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, if, if he comes cheaply, yeah. But then you would have to gauge the market. You'd have to, uh, let's say, not so legally 
research whether what his post-contract market value is. Right, right, right. As well. And yeah. given that the league is looking into all the tampering, that could be an issue. Right. That that might become more difficult for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm with you, by the way, on the Pacers. I think, again, we don't know about Oladipo, his early season availability, what he's going to look like when he comes back. But even without him, picking up Brogdon, Lamb, and TJ Warren, I feel like we... It, oh, as yeah. what, it's one of the most forgettable moves of the summer just because it happened so early and like it got lost in the draft as well. But that's a huge pickup for them. I mean, it is. They lost a lot for sure. They lost Collison. They lost Boyan Bogdanovich. They lost that young. So it's it's a totally different Pacers team. But I like, I at least really like their top six. Once Didn't Olympico. Justin Holiday also just sign with them? I believe so, yeah. I mean, he's not a bad player. Yeah, he's I mean, he, a perfectly he's a legitimate guy. wing. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I really like their top six when Oladipo comes back. Their depth is somewhat shaky once you get further into their bench, but they could be very good. I mean, I think they could be a second round team. Mm-hmm. I, you know, do I? Assuming health for everyone, do I assume they could beat Milwaukee or Philly? Probably not, but. They're at, they're at least in that conversation of the next best, best teams in the East. And I think Brooklyn's the tricky one just because the chemistry. I mean, it's, it sucks to say this, but we just saw what happened with Kyrie in Boston. And you were hinting at this even before free agency starts. Like, how are they going to... They, they had a really good vibe in that locker room last year. Mm. It was very evident. How is switching Kyrie for D'Angelo Russell going to affect that? How is, you mentioned Jared Allen. They signed DeAndre Jordan to a four-year, $40 million contract, I assume not to rot on the bench. But you have a very promising second-year center and now third-year center in Jared Allen. How does he, how do both of those guys take to that competition? What if Jared Allen is a better player than DeAndre Jordan and Kenny Atkinson starts Jared Allen? How does DeAndre Jordan deal with that? Did you just say what if? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's going to be better, but what if Atkinson rewards that and you know starts him over that? It's yeah. There are a lot of questions with Brooklyn. As much as I, I love the the makeup of that roster on paper too. I mean, they have the talent to be a three seed. It's just, can they manage all of these egos that? you know, could become poisonous somewhat quickly. I mean, that that's the big question coming in. You have so many viable weapons. You also have Garris LeVert, who yes. you need to give the ball uh, in order to be effective, at least right now. Yep. He, he still has to learn to play more off the ball. And with Kyrie, he may not have a choice. <laughs> so it's one of those situations where you have to figure out what to do with him. Like, Torian Prince needs touches. Yep. Joe Harris needs shots. Spencer Dinwiddie's on the roster as well. I mean, say what you want about D'Angelo Russell not being the same caliber player of Kyrie Irving, and that's certainly true. Uh, He was a very willing passer and very willing to defer. And that's an aspect we still lack is seeing in Kyrie. Like Mm -hmm. maybe maybe now's the time. He's 27, I want to say. Yeah, 27. 
So maybe this is the time now. Like he's changed teams. He's out of Boston because reports reportedly he just he didn't like living in Boston. Right. And now he's gone from that. He's going to the Nets, like a team that he idolized growing up in a place where he's from. So maybe like his entire mindset is different. Maybe he comes in, you know, with the uh, hard hat and lunch pail and just goes to work. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, we don't know. Kyrie is going to play by his own rules, and he's a guy who can come in and dictate a locker room's mood, positively <laughs> and negatively. Yes. So you just don't know, right? Like, he's a very volatile character. Right, for sure. Absolutely. And let's talk about his old team, too, because, you know, the it's a talent downgrade from Kyrie to Kemba. But mm-hmm. it might be a chemistry upgrade. The chemistry upgrade might be higher than the talent downgrade. So I would agree with that. I think that's fair. So that's working in their favor. But I think the thing that's holding me back from putting Boston in that top tier, the downgrade from Horford to Cantor. Cantor's a great <laughs> offensive player, but my God. Yeah. like Horford is just a really fundamentally sound defender. Cantor is not that. <laughs> so I, yeah i think their defense is going to take a big step back this season unfortunately right so i will say this now that horford is not going to be there and presumably brad stevens is going to have moments where he's looking at canner and whispers to to his assistant coach can't play canner <laughs> right. uh, meaning you know robert williams might get more minutes yeah for sure at the five, who's a great shot blocker? At least came into the league as a great shot blocker. Maybe Grant Williams get more gets more minutming yep. uh, coming coming in with a great defensive reputation. Like Marcus Smart is still there, mm-hmm. so there is Sami Sami Ochile is entering his third year. Yep. So there are defensive value to be had. It's just a matter of being able to put them on the floor. I have to assume that they're going to make that a priority. I mean, Jalen Brown is also still there, by the way. I, yeah. I always, for some reason, keep forgetting Jalen Brown. I remember Jason Tatum. But J- Jalen Brown really flies under the radar. And Marcus he, Smart, too. I mean, their backcourt defense will be good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Just the, the front court that gives me a little more pause. Right. And and I kind of like Carson Edwards as well, and not, not defensively, but you know, coming off uh, the bench with just instant shooting and offense. Yeah. There's something there. And oh, for what. Sure. And we haven't even touched on Romeo Langford. Yeah. Like, their highest draft pick this year, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. 16th or something like that. 14th, I want to say. 14th, okay. So, I mean, whatever he gives them is just cream. For sure. Yeah, I mean, they have a lot of good young talent. Like, I really don't think the Celtics are screwed by any means. It's just, like, they're going to take, in theory, a slight step back. Maybe not even in terms of their record. They were 49-33 and 33 last year. Maybe they could muster out something along that line this year. But at least when they went on into the playoffs last year, there was still the hope that, like, yes, we've been a dysfunctional mess the whole season, mm. but we have the talent to win the East. Yeah, I, I don't think that's true this year. Do you think they should not have signed Kemba? I've seen this being floated here and there on Twitter. Mm. Not by many. Mm-hmm. But it was an interesting idea. Like, maybe are you on some level hindering this retooling process by bringing in someone like Kemba, who is going to take 15 to 18 shots a game? Like, don't get me wrong. Kemba's great. Love yeah. Kemba. You and I both love him. Like, there's yeah. nothing there. It's just a matter of would those minutes 
be served better by you know giving them to young players. I, no, I, I don't have any problem with the Kemba signing. Yeah, I, I don't either, but it's an yeah. interesting idea because I think what the problem for, for Boston was, at least for a while, was you know playing both sides of the field. Right. Like Danny Ainge wanted to be young and he wanted to compete. Yeah. Like he wanted to win a championship, but he didn't want to give up any trade assets or, sure. or draft assets or anything. Like, so on some level, I see the logic in saying, then why sign Kemba? You're still back. Like he's even older than Kyrie. Now you're still like one, one foot in the win now camp, one foot in the youth movement. Mm-hmm. I get that. But at the same time, I mean, Jalen Brown is going into his, his fourth season. Yeah. Jason Tatum is going into his third season. So Marcus Smart, sixth year. And you still have Hayward, who you're hoping is going to be closer to the player that he was prior to his Exactly. Injury. So maybe now is the time to actually no longer look at this team as, quote-unquote, a young team. Maybe now they're just, you know, let's see what you can do. Yeah. But, and, and at the end of the day, what really comes down to Boston's success level, it's Jason Tatum. For sure. I mean, he's he should not have another year like he did last year, where everything was just kind of Kobe-esque. Like a lot of weird shot selections and and just kind of erratic play. Now is the time for him to just take over and go, you know what? No Kyrie, no Al Horford. I'm going to have the ball in my hands a lot more. Yeah, I know there's a Kemba Walker there, but he can play off the ball a lot. He's a very very willing passer. Mm -hmm. Now I can go get those 22, 23 points a game efficiently. Yeah, I wonder if a lot of that was just like passive aggressiveness toward Kyrie. Oh, that would be fun, though. <laughs> it wouldn't totally shock me, right? Yeah. Like, maybe he was just like, "All right, screw it. This guy doesn't really care about. He just cares about getting his numbers. He doesn't really care about winning. So I'll, I'll, I'll check up after, shots. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll take after my team leader to show the Celtics the error in their ways. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just spitballing yeah. there. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Of all the sounds you'll hear this summer... This might be your new favorite. They're blending up the new chocolate chip iced cap at Tim Hortons. Real chocolate chips blended into an iced cap for a sweet summer treat. It's Tim Hortons frozen take on a cappuccino. And it just might be the best sound of summer. Hurry into Tim Hortons for the new chocolate chip iced cap. Limited time at participating restaurants. Um, Let's go into that next tier of teams then. So these are, you know, I think assuming the Raptors don't, blow up their roster at the deadline i think you can safely pencil those six in as playoff teams this next group is if everything breaks right for them they could be or they're mm-hmm. going to be you know 9 10 possibly 11 seed so i, I have the miami heat at seven just because of the jimmy butler right and, and you know they're they're always on the fringe of competitiveness i think Getting a guy like Jimmy in there will help. Deion Waiters is looking, he's looking good. 
He, he posted the Instagram picture the other week where he's actually... Yeah, he, he's physically looking good. Yes. Yeah, he's, he is yeah. in shape. Um, they got rid of Whiteside, which might be addition by subtraction just because he was just always in a bad mood. And bringing in Myers Leonard behind Bam will be nice. Uh, look, I mean, j- losing Josh Richardson hurts, but Jimmy Butler is a better player than Josh Richardson. <laughs> yeah you know bold I, statement I, there bry right. bold statement Thank yeah you. so I, they have a lot of talent miami's whole issue before was they have a lot of like b plus role players they don't have the star now they have jimmy butler you can expect justice winslow is still young he's going to continue improving like they have the foundation of a good team tyler hero summer league standout I, I like a lot of what Miami has here. I think they are, at, they'll probably go around 500 again, but I think they would have the inside track on one of these last two spots in the East. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. By the way, I'm looking at Derek Jones Jr. as a potential MIP candidate. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. So I think then, they just need to play him way more at the four. Yeah, I buy that. So then we've got kind of this. I don't even want to rank these next couple teams because it's just like a mishmash of, Yeah. I don't know. It's the Detroit Pistons, Orlando Magic. You could talk me into having the Chicago Bulls and Atlanta Hawks in this tier too. I think Atlanta would fall toward the bottom of that list for me. I, like I, I don't see Atlanta making the playoffs, and I know you have an issue with that. Yeah, I have an issue with you writing them off because – you know, we we just talked about you know Boston and Jason Tatum going into his third year. Like now, it's not put up or shut up, but it's now it's time to like show what you got. Mm-hmm. Like John Collins is going into his, his third year. Mm-hmm. Trey Young is going into his second year. I know that you know a lot of great rookies have, take a step down offensively in their second year. We saw that with Jason Tatum as well. Yeah, I don't necessarily think that's going to be true for Trey because he's going to have the ball in his hands so much and right. the way that he just kept climbing and climbing and climbing um in, in this in his initial season i have a feeling he's going to just burst into the scene just flame throwing yeah. everything um i wouldn't be surprised at all if they cling into you know into an eight spot and hang on to it for for the whole season mm-hmm. I, it, it wouldn't shock me whatsoever to see them in the playoffs like on paper are they young absolutely Absolutely mm-hmm. are. But I don't necessarily look at that and go, well, that means automatically that we should disregard them as a playoff candidate. The The skill level is there. And depending on what happens with Cam Reddish, not that I'm <laughs> fantastically optimistic about that, but DeAndre Hunter, at the very least, mm-hmm. should be interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think my hesitation with them is just that they're still so young. I, I agree with you. I really like their young core, I, and I think Trey Young is going to be great in his second year. But we're still talking about Trey Young's in his second year. Kevin Herter's mm-hmm. in his third year. DeAndre Hunter's a rookie. John Collins is in his third year. Kevin Herter is, is I thought he was second year, uh, rookie. Sorry. Yeah, second yeah, yeah, year, right? Second yeah. year, yeah. yeah. Uh, Cam Reddish is a rookie. You have Bruno Fernando's a rookie. Alex Len is, I guess, fifth year, I want to say. Yep, there we go. Veteran presence. <laughs> no, yeah, I get it. Yeah, you know, it's just a lot of young guy. And sure, you have Evan Turner and Alan Crabb off the bench, and Jabari Parker now too. So you have some veterans, but it's still just I don't know that I want to put my faith 
in this team yet. I think like realistically the 2020-2021 season is where I, I could very easily see them becoming a playoff team. I just think they still need one more season where they, they get a little bit more NBA experience and experience playing together. And then, mm. you know, that, then we see that big jump up the standings the following here's, season. Here's my take with it. I think they're going to go into the season in the, in the manner that you just described. And then I think at some point they're going to realize, oh, we're actually winning. <laughs> right. That's possible. Hey, let's keep winning because yeah. we're still learning, but we're so damn talented and we're in the damn East. We're still winning. Mm-hmm. I think that could be, I mean, I, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I just, I could see that play out that way. Yeah. No, that, it's totally possible. I, yeah. I completely agree and, and there. By the way, Detroit, you just brought up Detroit. Yeah. Another MIP candidate for me right there, Christian Wood. Oh. I loved the fact that they got him. I mean, yeah, I, I like the fact they got him. I'm not I'm not on board with him as an MIP candidate. Candidate, not winner. Yeah. Not winner necessarily, but candidate. I love him. I absolutely love him. I did not like the Derek Rowe signing, but I love the drafting of Seiko Domboya. Mm-hmm. I think Sviroslav Mikhailoyok. God, even for a European like myself, that's difficult. Um, is going to have a much better season uh, than he did. Mm-hmm. I think Kyrie Thomas is on his way up. Bruce Brown, I'm not sold on yet. Could be interesting. Blake is in his absolute middle of prime. Same with Drummond. Reggie Jackson is so-so, but that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Luke Kennard has looked good. And I yeah. think he could be taking a, a small leap. I'm cautiously optimistic about... Detroit season. I'm not in that tier where I'm ready to go. Oh, they're they're a playoff team, but I mean, I think something should go wrong if they weren't. Yeah, I would have them. As, you know, I said Miami has the inside track for one of the final two playoff spots. I would have Detroit as my other quote unquote inside track team for all yeah. the reasons you just said. The question for me with them is: Is Blake Griffin on this team after the trade deadline? Well, that depends on how they perform initially. Right. But like that's I think that more than anything would hold them back from you know, maybe maybe they really take a tumble down the standings because maybe Blake Griffin gets traded in January or February and then yeah, that's <laughs> that's probably all she wrote for the Pistons playoff hopes. I mean, if you trade Blake Griffin, do you almost have to trade Drummond as well afterwards? Oh, I think so. Absolutely. Especially cuz yeah. he's going to be a free agent after this year. Yeah. I yeah. think you're right. It, All right, yeah. so basically we're we're putting Detroit into this weird uh, area where they might be good or right. it might be time to just blow them the hell up. Right, exactly. Because yeah. I want to say, let me double check here, but I believe Reggie Jackson is a free agent after this he year is. too, right? Yeah, he so, is. So, yeah, I mean, if you're looking at, you know, it, you, I think Detroit probably has, I was looking at these first few months as, you know, do we want to keep this group together? Do we think this team has long-term upside? I, I don't know uh, the answer to that question. And, and Drummond, I mean, he has a $28.6 million player option, so he might not be a free agent next summer. But I think the fact that the class is just so weak, he'll probably, I would assume he's opting out, right? I mean, I have to assume so. 
I, so. I, I know that he's a traditional center and all that. And yeah. in this year, traditional centers went for $5 million a year. <laughs> right, right. But it's still Andre Drummond. Like He averaged, what, 17 and 16. God, that number. 17 and 16. Right. Which is absurd. Yeah. Um, and on almost two steals and almost two blocks. Yeah. And and the reason that he didn't go up in his assist rate was because Blake. Like sure. he, he, he got better in that department over the last couple of years. Right. So, yeah, he's a non-shooter, but he's valuable. Yeah, and he's still super young too. I mean, he, yeah, he's twenty five. He's gonna be twenty six here in August. Yeah, like some team's gonna throw a bag at him next. Like the the Knicks, I have no question the Knicks would throw a bag at him next year. Yeah, no, that sounds reasonable. Yeah, so I'm assuming he's a free agent. Therefore, yeah, I mean the, the Pistons playoff hopes over under everything about their season comes down to how they perform these first couple months and what right. direction they decide to go in. So I, I, I don't feel, I wouldn't place a bet on them making the playoffs. I'll say that much. What is it, by the way, with Detroit Piston players and, you know, becoming elite rebounders? Like Dennis Rodman, Ben Wallace, and now Andre Drummond. Yeah. Like just shattering rebound records. Like Andre Drummond has only had one season, his rookie year, where he failed to grab more than 1,000 rebounds in the season. Yeah, or thir- one. 13 per game. Yeah. He's averaging, for his career, 13.7 boards a game. <laughs> the Pistons have a type. It's pretty clear. Yeah, they they, they love their rebounders. That's for damn sure. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that that's the where I'm at with the Pistons. And then the Magic, I, I mean, they made the playoffs last year, but a lot comes down to what you get out of Markel Fultz this year. If anything, we don't know when is who, when he's going to play at all. Right, exactly. Because yeah. otherwise, they basically bring back the same team just with Alfaruka Mino. Yeah. Which. So I I, I don't want to crab on Orlando here. Mm-hmm. We've we've done that plenty. <laughs> sure. I mean, they did make the playoffs, so let's try to stay positive. They did right? make the playoffs. They have some intriguing pieces. The thing is, we've been saying for so long that. Aaron Gordon needs to to be traded, and not because he's a bad player, not because he's not helping Orlando, because mm-hmm. we think his development is being hindered there. Yeah. Now, if we apply that logic to Gordon, what what's our reasoning for not applying that same logic to potentially Mohamed Bamba or Jonathan Isaac or even Markel Fultz? <laughs> if one talent is being hindered, are we looking at a team that's just bad at player development? Fultz is a very separate category from the other. That's true. That's you know what? That's fair. I'll I'll withdraw Fultz in that one. Yeah. That's fair. No, I yeah. mean, well, Bamba. I mean, yeah, we that was the first thing we asked when they re-signed Vooch was, well, what does that mean for Mo Bamba? Yeah, and yeah, I mean, I, that's still the the biggest question with the Magic moving forward. They are still so overloaded in the front court, and adding a Aminu does not help in that regard. Yeah, that was weird. That I almost think they have to be angling to trade one of those guys at some point this year. I I, I still think Vooch was, you know, Blake Griffin slash Nanate. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, I agree. Yeah. And, I, like, the way they designed their contracts, I think a lot of them are descending. Even dating mm-hmm. back. I want to say Gordon's is too, right? Yeah, I think it was pretty affordable as well because yeah, oh yeah it was definitely i mean it was yeah. a very reasonable sized contract yeah and it's decent. oh yeah no his his deal is oh my god yeah so 
Gordon is he's in his final year 2021 2022 yep he's earning 16.4 million i remember being surprised at this before but i just kind of forgot in the meantime yep that is such a good contract yeah and that is only going to increase his trade value right yeah and and they did the same with vooch he starts at 28 this year goes down to 22 at the end of his contract terrence ross starts at 12.5 goes up to 13.5 and then subtract a million over his final two years, he finishes at eleven point five million. They like for all of the jokes we make about the Magic's team composition, which we will continue to make until they stop going with the Knicks route of just signing nothing but big men. Their front office has done really well structuring these contracts to make it easier for them to finally make a trade that will have the roster actually make sense. Whenever that is, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that is the question. Whatever that is, but in terms of how they're going to perform this year, I I need for them to just kind of unleash Gordon at this point. Uh, haven't we been saying that for like three years now? Yeah, but this now is the time to do it. Like now, and it's always been the time to do it. But now I need to see it actually happen. Right. I I they unleashed Vooch last year, mm-hmm. and look at the season he had. Yeah. All star, twenty one points, twelve rebounds, almost four assists, a steal and a block per game. Um, 36% from three on three attempts a game. Like, efficient. And, and did all that in just 31 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, when you unleash a guy who's got the potential, it, it can it can move a franchise, at least if it works. I think Gordon is one of those guys who's a safe bet if you catch my drift. Like, if you basically give him carte blanche offensively mm-hmm. and allow him to free roam a little bit more defensively, I think he could, he could easily be an all-star candidate. I think it could easily be one of the most attractive trade pieces in the damn league. Mm-hmm. But because he's just been in a magic uniform for, what, four years? Five years? Five years Five already. Years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he seems to be one of those Corey Maggetti kind of types, you know, that he was always rumored in trades but never really moved. Mm-hmm. Until someone finally realized, oh, we're getting nowhere with this. Like, let's trade him. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, if you're not going to use him, then don't waste his potential. Right. Like, maximize your, your income in the trade. Yeah. I, I think some consolidation trades are definitely in order here, where whether it's Gordon or Bamba or whoever, they just have too many front court players. There isn't enough room for all of them. Their value is only going to decrease as teams realize, like, mm-hmm. hey, you're kind of stuck here. We, we get it. Those contracts are structured really well. So we'll, we will give up assets for them. But, you know, Philly went through the same thing a couple of years ago with Okafor and Noel and M- and uh, Embiid, where they're like, hey, we know you're not trading Embiid. So <laughs> Okafor and Noel yeah. are kind of damaged goods at this point. We're not going to give you as much as you otherwise might hope because we know you have to trade one. If we assume Orlando wants to be competitive because they did make the playoffs, maybe right. that, you know, sparked something within them. Yeah. And they wanted to go for established players. What do you think a trade package of Jonathan Isaac and Mo Bamba could fetch? That would be tricky just from salary matching perspective. I think they would only. Well, you can throw in someone and you can do it at the deadline. So, what's the contract situation? Let me just look that up. Because they're they're combining to make like 11.5 million. Yeah, yeah. But okay, then you can throw in TJ Augustine. Well, see, I would almost say you'd, you'd package Gordon with Bomba or Isaac with who, uh, 
Fournier or Well, that defeats the purpose. Because my point is, like, if you want to do the win-now thing, like, Gordon is clearly the better player of those three we just talked about. So if you wanted to pair Vooch and Gordon up front as your starting four and five, and then that freed up Bamba and Isaac to pursue other venues. And then, of course, you salary match by throwing, like, DJ Augustine. But, like, who you're going for? Like, let's ignore contracts then. You, what are you going for? You would have to get a point guard because your only other options at that point are MCW and Fultz. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> who? But who? Right. Like, what What type of point guard do you look for? Because at that point, you need someone who's at least 25, I want to say. Yeah. Which wouldn't... I mean, they're, that's the problem. They almost have to... They. I don't think they could package these two young guys together just because of the salary matching angle. Right. They would have to give up one of their guys on a slightly bigger contract, or maybe they include faults in the deal if they're just totally out on him and whichever team acquires him just treats him as as dead money. Yeah, I mean, Fultz is, in a way, expiring because, you know, team can just not pick up his third-year option. Yeah, or fourth-year, but yeah. Sorry, fourth-year, of course. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's... So the the Magic and the Pistons, in that sense, are somewhat in the same boat in my mind, where I don't think the roster they bring into the season is what we're going to see after the trade deadline. Mm. So it's hard for me to predict either one of them as a playoff lock at this point, although both definitely have the upside to be playoff teams. Yeah. And then... I just I, I just wonder where the Magic are, like, as a team. I don't I don't get it. When I look at most teams in the league, I'm like, oh, I get it. Right. I don't I don't get it with the Magic. Yeah, I'm, I'm there too. And then the Bulls are kind of this last team in this tier for me where if things break absolutely right, maybe they could be a playoff team. I would have them still below, definitely below Miami, still below mm-hmm. Chicago, or uh, sorry, Detroit and Orlando for now. But I think I would have them above Atlanta to start the season. Yeah, that's reasonable. Um you know, I I think for them the big key here is can Otto Porter sustain what he gave them coming in. He only played 15 games for the Bulls after right. the trade, right? But he looked damn good doing it. Yeah. Um, 17 and a half points a game, five and a half rebounds. Was playing more pick and roll basketball. Was playing more with the ball in his hands, and there was an element to his game where he kind of. I, I mean, I can't speak on his behalf, on on his behalf, obviously. But he looked more free, and he. There were times when he kind of looked at the court when he had the ball in his hands, and were like, "Oh, I can make a decision. Like <laughs> right. I can actually do something here. I'm allowed right. to to pound the ball into the pavement for a few times. I'm not just a spot up shooter as a Washington Washington. Mm. Um, one game, and I brought up this before, that stands out was his 37 pointer against against Memphis at the United Center, and he was recently acquired, and like they just kept feeding him the ball, and he was like. Okay, I, I'm <laughs> I'm gonna do new. something with it, yeah. yeah. And and his level of aggression and in terms of just getting to the basket and finishing plays and and being really aggressive when seeking out three point shots, which was just such a huge uh, win for the Bulls. Mm-hmm. Like if he can sustain that over an eighty two point eighty two game period, that's huge. That's yeah. absolutely huge. And I expect Laurie Markkinen to come back a lot better. Um, so, so here's the thing. I think we brought it up before last season. He was playing for Finland last summer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was 
uh, some EU qualification. I don't even remember in in what context, but he played for Finland and he mm-hmm. was looking. He looked awesome. Like he looked fantastic. Right. And then the elbow uh, injury happened. I think yeah. it was training camp that that set him out for the first sixteen or something games. Mm-hmm. And he didn't look. Uh, all the way back when he did return, like the elbow was really bothering him. And I think that just took such a huge piece off of what he could have been in terms of his second year. Like most people look at his second year and going, oh, well, he averaged 19 and nine. That's great. Mm -hmm. And shot 36 from from deep and 87 from the line. Like this dude is good. I I maintain that Markinen could easily, easily have ended up with a far better average. Not that the averages matter. But the perception of him would have been greatly different uh, had that elbow injury not happened. Like He is very, very good. Yeah. I'm not going to go as far as saying that his month of February, where he averaged 26 and 12, is the is the norm. <laughs> right. But I think his true value, statistically at least, is somewhere between what he ended up with in the regular season, like 19 to 9, and what he did in February. Like His true value is somewhere in there. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Like I look at the Bulls and... Their top six or seven. I mean, I I like a lot of what they did this summer. I think they addressed some major areas of need. I think, you know, a starting five of Sadoransky, Levine, Porter, Markinen, Wendell Carter Jr. with Kobe White, Thaddeus Young, Luke Cornett coming off the bench. Yeah. That's a, just a good, fundamentally sound, nice, like, eight-man rotation. And then whatever you get i mean maybe a denzel valentine pops maybe archie diacono pops maybe chandler hutchinson pops you've got some young options as well so Mm -hmm. i think it's a nice you know a nice combination of young but really still high upside guys and then a couple vets and sadoransky and young to kind of lead the way whenever things get off the rails a little bit so yeah i mean i think I want to say I saw their over under, and we'll do over unders once we get kind of closer to the season. But I, I think it's in the, like the high twenties, low thirties. Like yeah, something like I mean, last 1.5. year we felt pretty comfortable going over, and we got burned. Yeah, I know that's they're in life's problem. Well, I, then again, injuries did happen. I mean, Wendell yes. Carter played forty four games. Yep. Laurie Markman played fifty two. Zach Levine missed nineteen games as well. Yep. Otto Porter was injured after getting traded there. Uh, their final record would have been a lot better, I think it's fair to say, mm-hmm. had those injuries not occurred. Like even Chandler Hutchinson as well, like forty-four games played, um, that wasn't great. <laughs> I mean, the, the guy who led the the Bulls in games played was Ryan Archie Diacono, and all respect to, to Diacono, um, like signed three years, nine million, high quality backup point guard. Mm-hmm. But Ryan Archie Diacono should not be, you know, the the most staple player on your on your franchise yeah so we'll see the injury bug is you know the devil's mistress and we, we need to figure out uh in in you know in terms of nba um you know nba injury regimes not regimes but why don't see now the dane is coming up in because i'm thinking danish right now but <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to tie this together with the baxter holmes uh two articles that came out i don't oh, know if you read them yeah yeah about like the yeah. youth exactly young players and yeah right because the bulls have been really injury riddled over the last couple years Mm -hmm. like every single year something goes down Mm -hmm. and it goes down bad like denzel valentine missed the entire season Uh, initially he was ruled as day-to-day 
And here the other day, he had a quote saying, I'm basically playing on a brand new ankle, which... Good. That, yeah, that could be both good or bad, depending on how you right, right, uh, right. read into it. But, I mean, wow. Some of these teams are just hit so bad by the injury bug, and there's just nothing you can do. Yeah, and we should clarify that that applies to every team. Like, some team That's that we're talking yeah. about in the, in this, like, safe playoff tier could, you know, if, if the Celtics, if Kemba snaps his ankle god forbid in like the third yeah, yeah. game of the season it's you know they go from safe playoff lock to eh, well maybe right um emerging technologies are transforming the healthcare industry as we know it investors say hello to htech a portfolio dedicated to capturing the significant growth potential of healthcare innovation learn more at roboglobal.com slash htec at ACE, we believe there's nothing better than helping kids. That's why we've been proud to support Children's Miracle Network Hospitals for over 25 years. This Friday through Sunday, get our five-gallon bucket and 20% off almost anything that fits inside when you donate $5 to support Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. And like ACE, CMN Hospitals are local, so the money you donate helps kids near you. ACE is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Offer valid at participating stores on regular price merchandise only. Additional conditions and exclusions apply. See store for details. Let's hit the it's, last four teams, though, because I, I think these four, we can both agree it would take a damn miracle for them to make the playoffs this year. Oh, the Knicks. Well, at, at least as currently constructed, I should say. Mm-hmm. But, okay. yes, the Knicks, Wizards, Hornets, and Cavs. Are you saying that signing all power forwards and shooting guards is not a sound strategy? I, I'm saying I understand what they did. I like yeah. I, I do get it. Yeah. I think they are they're banking on a trade market at the deadline that may or may not exist. And I think a lot of teams are like it's just so transparent that none of those guys factor into their long-term rotation that I don't think teams are going to be lining up and being like, "Oh yeah, we'll give you two first-round picks for Wayne Ellington." Like, right. You know, they they're going to have to accept somewhat meager returns on a lot of those guys and if they're willing to do so that's great they could actually stock their coffers but if not they're going to be stubborn and then lose a lot of those guys once they decline the team options or once they waive their partial guarantees next year so but but let me just let me just challenge that or not not your thinking but their thinking mm -hmm. because if they sign guys only to trade them right yeah then why the hell would you basically ruin their trade value by stockpiling players who place similar positions right. in front of one another. Right. Yeah. And, and then, I mean, also you have to worry about the effect it has on the young kids. Like you signed all of these guys, two short-term mm -hmm. deals. So they're, they know they're not a long-term organizational priority. So they're going to be probably in, like, I'm just going to get mine and go home mode. Like, I don't think you're fostering an identity of team building here. And then oh, you're saying Marcus Morris is going to truck. Wow. <laughs> right. And then the young guys too, like your, your biggest organizational priority aside from figuring out how to maximize cap space and, you know, turn that cap space into additional assets that you could build around your young guys. Mm -hmm. You have RJ Barrett, who you just spent the number three overall pick on. You have Mitchell Robinson, who is super raw and still really young, but he's got a ton of upside. You still need to figure out what you have in Kevin Knox and Frankie Smokes and Dennis Smith Jr. Mm -hmm. How do having this many veterans who are also all like in this, I'm going to get mine mode, 
how does that affect the young guys? I think there's going to be that push and pull all season where of the four teams in this tier, the Knicks by far have the most talent. Yeah. I mean, it's not even close to the Wizards, Hornets, and Cavs. Like, if everything... Oh, no, they, they have playoff talent. Right. When you look at it, like, in, in, in an isolation view, I mean... Right. They are loaded from a talent perspective. It's yeah. just not the right kind of talent. <laughs> right, right. And I think that's the point. It's not... This is not just, like, an NBA 2K roster where you accumulate a bunch of talent and they figure it out and everything is hunky-dory. It just seems like there are going to be tensions that rise sooner than later. And, I mean, it's going to be a hell of a challenge for David Fisdale to figure out how to sort out the rotation and keep everyone happy. And if that's even possible. I don't know that it is. I'm just sitting there looking at the, these names. Dennis Smith Jr., Damian Dutton, Kevin Knox, Mitchell Robinson, Alonzo Trier, and R.J. Barrett. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at those names, even even uh, Frankie Smokes as well. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at those names, and I'm thinking they should all be getting significantly more minutes, just so you know what you have, because otherwise you're just going to completely depress their trade value. Mm-hmm. Like if Frankie Smokes, who right now has if you trade value as is, if you bench him behind Alfred Payton, and you know you play him 12, 15 minutes a night. Mm-hmm. Like, what can you even realistically get for him if you want to move in a different direction? Like, a protected second rounder? No, I'm sure you could get an unprotected second. It's still well, a young guy on a rookie contract. They have yeah, but, but but still with a fairly large rookie contract, though. Yeah, no, right? I, I think you could get a full unprotected second for him. Yeah, big get. Yeah, but yeah. the point is... I. It might be unfair. It might be the Knicks stink rubbing off on them, but I just have no faith in how they make this thing come together now that they have. Sure. Yeah, as you said, they have playoff talent. I don't think they're going to have playoff chemistry, and I think it's going to turn ugly pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. The Wizards, it's literally just the Bradley Beal show, and they are just an absolute tire fire <laughs> aside from that, from a roster construction standpoint i mean it's just the john wall injury which sucks isaiah thomas is a nice pickup maybe he revives himself and you know turns back into old isaiah thomas but i'm not holding my breath there i mean they like it is truly incredible how bad the rest of their roster is here's who i like (laughs) if you say troy brown jr so help me god no i do i like him so i know get with the program i know Oh, you're, you're going to sing his praises by the end of this season. Thomas Bryant, and I love yep. the contract, by the way. Yep. That was great. Yep. D- uh, Davis Bertans, mm-hmm. obviously. Yep. Troy Brown Jr. and Bradley Beal. Those yep. are the guys that I like. would want to look at moving forward. Everyone else is like, eh. Like, even Rui Hachimura, I, I like Giannis. him. Huh? The oh, next yeah. The next oh, God. Yeah, the next Giannis. <laughs> Look, I I like his game on a certain level. I don't think he's a guy you you necessarily reach that that next level with. Mm-hmm. Um he's he's very in between game. Like he can he can hit spot up threes here and there, but he mostly operates within fifteen feet of the basket. Right. And he would overpower 
players in college, but he's that's I don't think that's gonna fly in the NBA. He's yeah. not overly athletic. He's not you know overly strengthy either. He was strengthy for college, so I'm kind of skeptical there. Mm-hmm. I'm I don't know. I just I don't understand this roster. I understand them not wanting to give up Bradley Beal, and I kind of respect the hell out of the Wizards for basically saying, "Hey, you know what? We're not gonna be." Like everyone else who has a superstar who is like looking at different alternatives, like we want to keep our star. Mm-hmm. I can respect that, but at the end of the day, that's not how the league functions anymore. <laughs> Correct. They, Correct. They need to get something for him, yeah. um, and and the clock is ticking because yeah. when his contract runs out, like if they insist on keeping him un- until his contract expires, I mean that's going to be a Kemba Walker situation all over again. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's go to the Charlotte Hornets, perhaps the most depressing team in the NBA. Can we, can we just skip it? (laughs) (laughs) I just, I I guess I look forward to watching Terry Rozier play pick and roll basketball with PJ Washington. God, I I, mean. I guess. No. (laughs) Just no. No, I I, I look forward to Miles Bridges. There we go. There's the silver lining. Yeah. Miles Bridges. No, I, I'm going to write about them uh, at the Basketball Writers on Friday, and there's just there's no silver lining to this team. There's like absolutely no hope. I I, I just don't. I mean, I really I genuinely think at least like the Wizards have Bradley Beal. At least yeah. the Cavaliers have, you know, the uh, Sexton and Darius Garland. Like they have young talent to build around that could be foundational mm. pieces, or that you in the Wizards' case, Beal, who you could trade and actually get something good. The Hornets just I, I, I continue to come back to this question. If you were going to lowball Kemba Walker, why did you not yeah. trade him at the deadline? Yeah. Like losing Kemba Walker and only signing trading Terry Roger to a bloated contract in exchange might be the worst mistake of any team this summer. And also, why do you keep insisting on drafting players with somewhat limited upside? Right. Like, they have a reputation of drafting players from high-quality basketball programs in the NCAA. Like, fair. Mm-hmm. But they want them to be, like, established college players. Yeah. Like, yes, he's had success in college. It doesn't matter in that in, in, in certain terms. I mean, you need to look at the, the most upside. You need to look at who can become a star. And yet they seem to be hell-bent on drafting guys who will tub out as you know great role players, maybe even potential starters, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. Like Malik Monk, to be fair, was one of those picks that could turn into something else. Like there is a world where Malik Monk becomes really, really good. It might even happen this year because of the added opportunity. Or it might not because they signed Terry O'Shea and he's going to take all the shots away from him. I don't know. But outside of that, it's always been like Cody Seller. Yeah. Like PJ Washington here, Javante Graham. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like what are you doing exactly? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I I don't either. I genuinely don't know. And then the Cavaliers, I think, are going to be the worst team in the NBA next year. And that's with all due respect to their... I I like, again, I like the potential. I don't know that necessarily Garland and Sexton are going to work together. Maybe one of them um, gets traded at some point. But 
and they have Kevin Love again. I don't know if he's going to be on the roster all year. If if he is, maybe they aren't the worst team in the NBA. But yeah. either way, they aren't making the playoffs. No, I agree with you. I think you just said it. I mean, if if Kevin Love is playing all throughout the year, they don't trade him. I I don't see how they. Well, I do see a scenario where they end up the the worst, but I don't think it's like clear. Mm-hmm. I think Phoenix could still give them a run for their money because it's Phoenix. Uh, but in terms of the East, yeah, they're they're probably the bottom feeder. Yeah, I, I still like the offensively, only offensively, I still like the idea of Colin Sexton and Darius Garland. Mm-hmm. De- defensively is a different story. Right. Uh, Dylan Windler and Kevin Porter Jr. are going to be intriguing. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, I'm just, I'm looking over this roster, I'm just going, okay, like, John Henson, fine player, not really seeing the point. Right. Brandon Knight, been injured for so long and not really productive all that much anymore. Yeah. Tristan Thompson is, you know, one of those glue guys, you know, hardworking workers who would you, you know, would maximize his potential on a championship contending team, not a rebuilding team. Jordan Clarkson is just a gunner. Mm-hmm. Like, he's fine, but not for a rebuilding team as well. Mm-hmm. Matthew Delvadova, like, no, go to a contender instead. Yeah. yeah. It's just, I don't get it. Uh, I, I guess Jetty Osman is a silver lining. Ante yeah. Sisic, um, yeah. Larry Nance. I, I, no, I'm. Yeah. Yeah, right. Brian. They have some young talent, but they're, they're going to be very bad. They're not going to make the playoffs. So, no. I think that's a good place to wrap up. We will be back. I'm going on vacation. My wife's birthday, uh, 30th birthday is on Friday, so I'm going on vacation tomorrow. And Mort has to still adjust to being a new dad and is also getting a new puppy tomorrow. So yeah, we're, we're going to give you a few days off to just not sleep at all. <laughs> is it is it called a new dad when you have one uh, beforehand, though? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, you still have a new kid. That's true. It counts. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Yeah, um, no, for for real. I mean, a puppy and a new baby. I mean, the next time we're gonna record, I'm gonna have like, you know, one screaming and one barking, and then I'm gonna have a second son knocking on the door saying, "I want to go play with all of you. Come on, yeah, yeah, let me in." Yeah, it's gonna be grand. It'll be really yeah. Forgive us in advance if there are puppy or baby sounds in future episodes, because uh, well, at least both of them are super adorable, so that works out well. This is true, for the time being at least, because at <laughs> some point the dog is going to grow right. and the baby is going to start talking and calling me an idiot, rightfully <laughs> so probably, and then, right. yeah. Right, yeah. That, that's what it all goes downhill, but we'll enjoy it, it. Enjoy it in the meantime. But yeah, we'll be back uh, early next week at some point, and we'll, we'll still have a lot to talk about. There was this big report that came out today from Zach Lowe about the NBA possibly changing how free agency works based on... All that stuff. So we'll talk about that at some point. We're also going to talk about the top duos in the NBA now that those big threes and the big fours are taking a step back. And mm-hmm. we have World Cup is coming up in a month. And in theory, yeah. Team USA will maybe be able to assemble a team at this rate. It might be a bunch of college kids because everyone's dropping out. But It's going to be Damian Lillard and nobody else. No, I think Dame dropped out today, didn't he? You're kidding me. No, I think he dropped out. Yes, he did, along with DeMar DeRozan? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. All <laughs> right. Good. Well, um, 
Yeah, so you might not be the world champions. That's we're, interesting. We're okay. gonna we're gonna wait on the World Cup preview until the roster is locked. Wow. I think because yeah, it, a lot of uncertainty for the World Cup. Cody roster. Seller, come on down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But in the meantime, please follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. You can find our Twitter handles in our bios to give us a follow as well. You can also find us on uh, iTunes and wherever else podcasts are found. On iTunes, please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. And we're now being hosted on Spreaker. So check them out on Twitter at Spreaker. Until next time, I'm Brian Tepork, and I was joined, as always, by Morton Jensen. Mort, have a good one. Good luck with the puppy and the baby, of course. And uh, try Thank to get you. some sleep. And and have a... I wish ha- Alex a, a happy birthday and safe travels and all that. Thank you. Appreciate it. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. The moon. Yeah. That's Hugo tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send him my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> all right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.